I don't know, back to power. I feel like there's so many people saying this is the right way and you should do it this way and that way. And we do get the choice to decide the right way for us. Um, and how are you ever going to know your greatness or your power if you're not kind of given all these opportunities to figure out who you are? Hello, everybody. Welcome to Movement Matters. I'm your host, Colin Kurtz. And today we are joined by Kristen Ritter, overall wonderful person, owner of Nourishing Storm Cafe slash yoga studio, yoga studio slash cafe, and just all around swell gal. And she came in to record this episode twice, so she deserves a whole lot of gratitude for that um not sure what happened but the first episode i'm just gonna get right into this because uh, i said a lot about the the year and the sponsors and everything in the last intro so we can kind of just roll right into Kristen's um to the chat with Kristen here but what i was starting to say is she came in for uh <laughs> Our first record, or what was meant to be the recording. I have no idea what happened. It it died. It disappeared. We had a great chat. We hit stop record. And stop record on that particular day and that particular moment meant disappear. So fortunately, we both, uh, <laughs> I was very upset, but she... She handled it extremely well, and we both agreed we will simply just have to redo it. And that's what we did, and that's what you're going to hear. Uh, there are things we touched on in the first episode that we don't really get into, but I think we will next time, and I'm going to say them anyway, nutrition and how it's not one size fits all. I think that's just a good thing to say regardless um, yeah, of any context. We acknowledge a lot of questions. I guess I'll mention these things because we hint at them, or I hint at them more. What is the wellness industry really? Why are we using that phrase industry? Does industry um, imply that everything is a commodity? Do we inevitably become commodities? Do, uh, do we start to think of ourselves as commodities when we think in terms of industry? I think there's a potential yes to all of that. Maybe it's not a complete yes, but it's a, enough of a yes that for me it matters. So we ignore or we acknowledge maybe it's not necessary to say we're in the wellness industry. Maybe we're educators. I want to go with that. It's education. And so we we build on that. That was in the first recording. and We build on that. Um, what are the general standards for leadership? What have they been? What can they be? That's a pretty consistent theme. It was a big one for the first episode, and we address how maybe we can touch on that better in this coming one. Uh, parenting, we <clears throat> left off our <laughs> our warm-up with a desire to touch on parenting, so we decided to bring that into the conversation a little bit more intentionally. And as you'll hear, power. Power is the key theme. I don't honestly think that had anything to do with Kristen consciously like there was no like Kristen's the one that I'm going to talk about power with who deserves it and why it was more just the timing but it turned out I think she'd agree that having this conversation was perfect I don't know if it could have been anything else in other words it makes complete sense that she's the one to discuss power with completely <laughs> Uh, could be with anybody, but it really makes sense that it's with her. So that's a lot of what we get into, and it's going to come up again and again throughout the whole season. Um, some of the little nuggets that we touch upon are... Hmm. Actually, I'll just let you find those. You see, see if you can pick them up as we go. It's not like it's an outline, but there's, there's, there's some breadcrumbs in there. 
Maybe they make a pie. Maybe they make a loaf. Maybe they just make a muffin, which is going to get crummy again. They are there no matter what. Uh, A funny aside, Griffin loves watching The Simpsons now. I'm not really sure how that came about, but it's there. It happened, and it's, as he says, let's watch The Simps, because they abbreviate. Uh, Earthing. Earthing. It's not an easy word to abbreviate, but you get the point. Love their abbreves, you know? Got got me. They love their abreaves. So it's uh there was an episode we just watched where this guy I guess he's like a self-help guru, spin-off sort of spoof on all that. Um which of course is a wellness context. There's a, <laughs> that's part of the wellness industry, right? Self-help stuff. And everything has value. Okay? Otherwise, again, we become absolutists. Um, Some relevant jokes of the last maybe 24, 48 hours. Apparently even... uh, Apparently Kanye just had some... I kind of can't stand that I can just say the name Kanye and people may know who I'm referring to, but that's what it is. Maybe Kanye has some... uh, some things to finally work on. I've suspected that for years that he should probably be kept close eye on, especially if you're running for president and you think God's telling you to. But anyway, the uh, the jokes are that, um, yeah, I don't know what the, the the standards are for every for everybody as far as like who who gets to be integrated and who gets to be canceled, who gets to be. Uh, not even canceled. Let's forget that word. Take that out of there. It's a dumb word. Who gets to be um, ostracized or alienated or othered? <clears throat> it, it It's a constant dance, to say the least. And I'm always intrigued by how people relate to these, this kind of stuff because it seems so random. I don't think people are often aware of the randomness and the arbitrariness of what they are thinking and saying in terms of are they <clears throat> excluding or including almost again, absolutely or completely? Um, I think often it happens is the bottom line. So what am I getting at here? The The guy in the show clearly represents a kind of character that is, to me, easy to roll your eyes at. And um, <laughs> I think he uses the word should. And he says something about, you know, you can't, there's that whole thing about don't say should. So that comes up in the episode, Kristen shoulds herself. And, and I, I just remember thinking about it. It's like, well, there is a time to say should, you know? And that's sort of the joke that was in the Simpsons too. If, like we can't, we can't say should like no should all communication has to have be, be free of shoulds. <laughs> You try it out, it's so silly. And I know people have been doing it for years, like the whole spiritual and should thing. And this is not about Kristen at all because we, um, we're, we're on the same page about all of this. It's just a general, uh, one of those things that gets me laughing because like, of course you're going to say should. And of course it's got a, a place. Everything has a place. Everything has value. If it exists, it has value. So does the word should. Full stop. <clears throat> Otherwise, to come back to the whole, to the themes, you create a context in which absolutism is going to run rampant and you're going to become an extremist of your own sort of tyrannical tendencies. And uh, you're going to be, in other words, normal and just part of the cult and culture of um, excess that we consider to be normal. So on that note, (laughs) join Kristen and, and me in a beautiful walk through uh, power with question marks one breath at a time thank you I hope you enjoy power and, and allowing specifically so does that word mean anything to you allowing allow 
All right. Well, you used a very specific word, fix, right? (laughs) Fixing. (laughs) I try not to use that word, but. Well, you you use it as an example of of like a a sort of. A thing that we try to do. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So I would make a distinction between fixing. Actually, in my, um, some of the learning that I did in the schooling that I did, we made a distinction between fixing, helping, and serving. Mm-hmm. And I would say allowing is more akin to serving if we have to um, go in that dynamic of those three, fixing, helping, serving. And it's not to say fixing is bad. It's not to say that helping is better or, mm-hmm. <laughs> or good. And it's not to say that serving is like the only way. Just acknowledging these the variety of options for how to relate to anyone or anything, whether it's turtles or butterflies or children or each other or ourselves mm-hmm. or the world around us, all of life, whatever the context. So I was thinking about this with you and and our um, and how how great our practice round was, and some of the things that we we touched on in our um, before recording and recording. Obviously, you mentioned parenting, but I think the hardest thing in our culture is to allow in general. And I can unpack that, but you're nodding. So I'm curious how that, why you're nodding. <laughs> well, the first two, and I, I was kind of trained with this too, at that same time with my turtle story, we talked about this. If If you're fixing or helping you're somehow taking on the assumption that the person that you are seemingly trying to serve does not have the adequate, you're taking power away from them, right? There's the word. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so serving, I love that word. I think that that's a word that I bring up a lot in the work that I do. And allowing, when you said you asked how I felt about allowing, I... In the context of sharing with a student, what I often say is that, you know, we're we're holding space to allow for the things that are going to happen, meaning, you know, you don't know when you come into a yoga practice, you know, people don't plan to just start crying on their mats. It does happen a lot. And I rather them a lot, like I rather them just feel the emotions that are coming up rather than have to contain it or be told that that's like not okay in some way. So when I hear the word allow, it's like, you know, I wake up in the morning and I always tell me and my kids like, it's going to be a great day. We start ourselves off good. Right. But I do at some level have to practice allowing myself to move through my day and allow things to come to me and, and see how I show up for them. Um, but truthfully, when you you just say allow, I think it's the opposite of control, which just to be completely honest, that's something that I strive to not do every day. But I do, you know, there's a lot that I try to control. But it, I believe it, in allowing. Yeah, I mean, I, I it's an active practice for me. Controlling and fixing and fixating are probably synonyms, as would possibly be forcing. Mm-hmm. And none of these things are bad. I think that's pr- a primary sort of disclaimer. It's not a question of what's <clears throat> what's good and bad because we talked about the absolutes and absolutism. And in a way, I think what you and I keep keep playing with because I've thought about the themes that we inevitably or like naturally kind of dive into and touch upon are these. Um, it's certainly psychological. It's certainly just akin to what we as wellness uh we i'm tempted to use all kinds of stupid phrases because we've joked about it enough um ambassadors maybe we'll say Mm -hmm. uh as opposed to parts members of the wellness injury industry and certainly (laughs) not gurus because that's a Mm -hmm. silly word i think fun to spell but silly word the 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 uh the universalities of certain um options and capacities and tools and and ways to be aware and that's, I think, what you and I inevitably seem to just have fun talking about and playing with, which it is fun to me. And I hope it is fun to you, whoever you are, and obviously you, Kristen. And knowing we're going to keep this relatively shorter today, I have a tendency to talk faster than normal, but I'm going to slow down in a second. So if allowing is understood as somehow different than 
forcing and controlling and fixing and other potential words. The question really is, what is it? And also, again, to reiterate that disclaimer, it's not the only tool for every moment. But you kind of just acknowledged what I said and what I can also agree to for myself is that I think it's the hardest tool to use consistently well. Mm-hmm. What the hell? <laughs> well, that's what makes it fun every single day, showing, <laughs> showing up for this. this um, it's like a playground of how, you know, how we interact with the world and ourselves. If you choose to look at it that way, I mean. Well, you, you probably are better off looking at it that way, right? Because otherwise yeah. you probably go back right into trying to fix it. Yeah, or trying to change something that you can't and already happened. So, which then leads into allowing allowing yourself to be who you are based on everything that has happened and then allowing yourself to grow into whatever is going to come. Would you agree that there's a whether it's intentional or not a normalcy to again, whether not always intentional, um to catalyze more efforts to fix and control than allow? You mean, do I see more of that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of the- I do. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And it's everywhere. Um, And then the marketing you see everywhere. But even like in my uh, teacher training program, we talk about this a lot. Just real examples in our own lives where we try to make things better for other people, but we're not- it's not really helping them in any way. And so, you know, we always use it in the context of, you know, you're leading a yoga class, someone starts crying. Yes, you can bring them a tissue, but like you can't stop the class and kind of break it all down in that moment. You're you're just going to hold space. They're going to have some emotions and it's great. It's beautiful. Students will thank you afterward for allowing you allowing them to have an emotional experience and them not being judged or told to stop. That I don't see a lot. I feel like we try to run over and hug someone that's upset and what can I do and, you know. It, well, you're almost, by some standards, seen as a little weird if you don't. If you don't try to fix it or stop it, it's almost seen as heartless or cold or callous or <laughs> disengaged. But it's actually beautiful to try it out, just to watch someone have an emotional experience and just be with them and, you know. Well, right. That's the distinction. You're just being with them and that's not actually cold or callous or heartless Mm -hmm. or disconnected at all. Mm -mm. Do you think it's worth unpacking why this is a challenge for us? I mean, I I always go there, but do you? Yeah, I mean, (laughs) it definitely has to do with the ways we were raised. I mean, you know. In, sure, yeah, yeah. Even when my children would fall, let me just give an example because I love talking about parenting. Um, you know, at first it was like so hard to see them get scrapes and like be upset. But then it, it started to become something like, I know how tough they are, so I'm not going to make a big deal of it. And they're going to fall and I'm probably going to offer my hand and help them up. And but that, I mean, that that was such a changer rather than me like hugging them, are you okay? And making it this big thing, um, you know, and that's not to sound like tough in any way, but they knew that they were fine. And I think, you know, I didn't specifically have parents that were super worried about all the details. So and I'm not saying it in that way. I'm just saying like it. They didn't neglect you. They obviously. did not know. I was raised with lots of love, but. I had a working mother, a single mom. She was very busy. So I got to, I got, it was, I was blessed. I got to figure things out on my own really early, really quickly. But I think I made the mistake early on as a parent thinking that somehow it would be better if I like overly, you know, made things okay for them. And now I'm kind of of the idea and thank goodness it, you know, a few years ago I transitioned to kind of just like watching them have an experience and then kind of thinking, do I even need to get involved with this? Like, I trust them. I think they're going to make a really good decision. I don't need to make this better for them. You know, they're kind of finding ways to, and if, if I really need to get involved, I would. But yeah, it's been a big teacher for me where I I rather kind of observe what's happening and just let them kind of figure a lot of stuff out 
but also lovingly be around for for the things that you know make them feel safe and supported and i think it's a balance and i do the same in my business you know with my staff like i don't like to get involved a lot with the details because i want them to kind of bring in their creative energy and everything and then i i want to hold space for not only their growth but the growth of the business and that's taken a lot of like take a back seat you don't need to control every detail and you actually will grow more as a company and as individuals for it. So it's just what I've been working on. But if you were completely hands off, what would happen? Oh, yeah, no. That's then be there's neglect. totally disconnection. Yeah, and I'm So we're talking about extremes essentially, like the excesses, like uh, you know, there are terms for that kind of parenting, right? Mm-hmm. And I can before Griffin was even a concept to me, I remember exploring just conceptually certain things I was reading and studying and inevitably they related to overall just growth, whether it was as a parent watching a child or just as a uh, develop somebody just developing. I remember specifically thinking you're going to, yeah, your knees are going to get scraped. Like one way or another, you're going to get bruised and, and scarred. It's It's just part of life. I think that's true, and I don't. I certainly don't think trying to avoid that is is a good idea. But I do think that's true. It seems almost absurd to think that it couldn't be, and yet we know we're battling these extremes, these extreme tendencies to control and fix, and in what and there's so many different ways that it it presents itself, but it does all come from that that extreme tendency to do this or the exact opposite because of course if we did nothing your parents would have been <laughs> locked up or <laughs> you would have been taken away by mm-hmm. social services and so would our kids today so it's not the other extreme doesn't doesn't fit either the the balancing act is just it's it's so inevitable and yet we're we seem to have such a tough time with it and i'm i think there's a there are a few very specific reasons why which you did talk about with regard to power last time um and i'll I'll touch on one of them in a second but just that that uh (laughs) well i'll just say it now yeah i think knowing that that it's never going to end is a big deal like the, the the whatever it is metaphorical or literal knee scraping is probably never going to end it's a pretty big deal and accepting that Mm -hmm. i think that's the biggest challenge (laughs) well it's i just can't help but think about this example like you know if i was talking to someone and for example they said i want to open a yoga studio but then they'll immediately follow and say happens to me (laughs) (laughs) but immediately i'll hear i just don't know like there's this heaviness that comes on right like i don't know how i could do that like right away this like self-doubt sometimes rolls in and i understand that you know i've certainly had that at some point in my life but the thing i keep pointing out is you do this one thing and then you're like okay no good i could do this and then you do another and it like in the end all of it adds up to the whole. So you can't just think, look at the whole and say, you know, somehow I have to figure out how to do that tomorrow. But same thing with scraping a knee. Like if you really wanted to ride a bike and you kept scraping your knee, if you just kept riding the bike, regardless of whether you fall or not, it's really probably not going to hurt anymore, you know? And so I'm just trying to give this example, like, and I try to give this example, like, you know, yes, you have this master plan, but can you break it down a bit? And just every day do something a little bit more and then your confidence builds and your all of this doesn't seem so scary anymore, this thing called life, you know, and all the all the dreams that you have because you just keep showing up for them. And related to power, I think that has a lot to do with it, you know. You don't start out born, or maybe you do. That's maybe a good question. Do you come born as a leader? Or do all these situations in your life add up to it? Oh, you mean like is there a sort of soul sort of essential like programming for each of us that's unique or maybe i mean i don't really know i know let's let's come back to that because you hit 
you said two words that um, stand out, trust and, and self-doubt or the phrase of self-doubt and, and trust. And I mean, those are great examples. I don't think you ever can fully trust yourself or anyone in like a total sense, which is to say never having any doubts or, or questions. Um, and that's exactly sort of the, the thing here. I don't, I can't imagine, nor have I ever met anyone who's given me reason to think otherwise that the questions and the capacity to feel some kind of doubt or, or a little, maybe even anxiety to use a very provocative Mm word ends. And I think what you get good at, like you kind of just said, is trusting that you can handle it, but you can't predict what it's going to be. Not, At least not I'm fully. Every single day when I wake up, what, exactly. what comes my way? <laughs> like, okay, here we go. Well, you do what you can to make sure that you're gonna at least manage it, if not enjoy it. Hopefully, and and that that's what I didn't mention a moment ago is this concept of enjoying the the possibility of enjoying scraping mm. your knees. Actually, I think is the most intriguing <laughs> idea. Not necessarily literally, but maybe literally, and not in like a masochistic way, but. There was this, I've referenced this in a couple of different contexts. It's, I'll quickly just gloss over it. I read a book a long while ago called The Continuum Concept. Changed many, one of many life-changing books. The author um, was in, I forget which part of the Amazon, but she was living with um, some indigenous peoples, the Taripan, I think the natives were called. And she had some people from Europe traveling with her, and it was inherently very anthropological excursion. And there was this particular moment where they had to travel over land, carrying from one body of water to another body of water, their big heavy wooden canoes. Mm. And she writes very clearly about how the natives, so to speak, were, everybody was carrying the canoe. Everybody was dealing with the same challenge. The people that she brought from whichever country, I think it was Italy, but it doesn't matter. They were cursing and bitching and and like hating every second of it. And it was essentially torturous and they wanted nothing to do with it and they couldn't wait till it was over. And of course, she noticed the opposite happening with the quote unquote natives. Yes, they were literally scraping their knees and the canoe was occasionally, she said, pinning one guy against a rock. Mm-hmm. but. He wasn't cursing, clearly. He was actually very obviously, because body language seems fairly universal, laughing and playing. Essentially, Mm. it looked like they were playing. Does that mean, what does that mean, if anything? And is it relevant to power? So relevant, yeah. (laughs) Well, you should be. Should no. No, right. (laughs) There's one of those wellness words. You should not say that word. I believe. Except when you need to. Yeah, go with it. Have, have, I. Maybe it is relevant now to say should. I think it's, I would prefer to be the one laughing while doing, you know, holding a canoe rather than wishing it was over. And either way, you, you have to get through it. So why why choose? I talk about this a lot. You know, we choose the way that we perceive things. And if I think I'm getting into a situation and I may kind of be prepping myself because I know it may take some new parts of me to explore as I go through this, I'm intrigued and fascinated by that process within myself. So there was a time when I was really big on challenges. Like I just, I wanted a lot of challenges. I was asking for them. I really, I wanted to see who I could show up with all these things happening. At some level, I kind of wanted those challenges to slow down a little bit, but I still feel like there's an intriguing process of us figuring out how we handle all the things that come at us. So there's always a curiosity piece for me. Um, And I don't think there's a lot of power in struggling through things like and being really grumpy about it. I think you're giving away your power to the situation. Yeah, I I could tell you were looking at me to add something. Yeah. Yeah, well, sure, it seems, that seems kind of obvious in a way, like stop whining. (laughs) 
That's why I look at nature a lot. Like whenever I forget or I just get lost in kind of whatever's going on with me, five minutes in nature, I just look around. I'm like, everything just makes sense in a way. Like it doesn't seem like there's a lot of struggle it, and everybody, everything's kind of growing with and of each other. And we create the struggle <laughs> or the perceived struggle. Well, it certainly isn't struggle in a seemingly excessive manner or flagrant if you mean like just like in your face it's to whatever extent there may or may not be it certainly isn't uh, like what we seem to be saturating ourselves with and so i'm going to try to say this in the simplest shortest way possible which does relate to what we talked about in our practice round (laughs) um It doesn't, okay, so I think, I'm curious, I want to know what you think, and this relates to the power and why I wanted to talk about it with you in particular. I think we're unintentionally or, again, sometimes intentionally, but mostly unintentionally, seeking for, seeking to just end everything. Mm. (laughs) And I don't mean like literally destroy the planet or kill each other but just what we like some kind of completion of the struggle of the knee scraping of the even though we're not going to get into these metaphors the um walking to the water or the breaking from the cocoon but some kind of inevitable completion where it's never going to happen again or we're never going to have to deal with something difficult again or we're not going to have to pay attention to that again it's just going to be done i don't mean it in a totally dramatic sense of death but what do you think we're trying annihilation. to get to i think we've conditioned ourselves to believe that there could be some kind of absolute total bliss after all this well we've told ourselves some of us think it could be after but inevitably whether you think it's after or even just possible, I think we're almost like addictively striving for it Mm. as opposed to just being with what is. Yeah, it's hard because everybody, there's so so many opinions about that. (laughs) It's just, there's so much there, but maybe I could share this. I did read something it was either lyrics to a song or a poem or something. And it said, we're all just walking each other home. Now, (laughs) that may, I'm not saying that like there's a rush to get there. but There being where? There, wherever it is that you believe. You mean someone believes? Yeah. I mean, what my vision is for the end of this life is vastly different, I'm sure, than many, many others. But- I'm just saying what helped kind of slow things down if I was kind of in the but same that's the trajectory. Point. You're referring to the concept of afterlife. Yeah, but like this idea that um, this collective, it's a gift to be here. And the other thing I heard <laughs> um, was like related to being like a human, like, you know, as related to being an animal or a tree or anything else, like, we have the ability there's so much we can do so it's it would be crazy to try to rush through this and get to some you know so it kind of like yeah you don't we don't even know what to call it right get to i (laughs) (laughs) right i don't know whether to bring my um you know, Christian background and growing up or my yogi background, you know. Well, I know I keep kind of interrupting you. I think we could just use, let's say heaven. Let's let's put heaven in quotes. Okay. Because on the flip side, and I'm happily open about, I think actually I am Catholic. I don't care if you, I don't actually think really that using that phrase makes a lot of sense, but I'm okay owning that as a foundation of my understanding of of existence but i'm not interested in the conventional components to that 
But the fundamental point is that heaven can be, quote unquote, here on earth, right? Mm -hmm. That's kind of what you're, I think, touching on is the possibility, even if it were. But at the very least, it could be both, if not, yeah. Because who knows? (laughs) Who knows? Uh, Yes. And why not every single day us to experience heaven on earth? Or the idea of... what you tell your kids every morning. Yeah. That's the essence of what you're saying, right? Yeah, I want to, I mean, my role, I feel like being a parent is just showing them and offering some ways that they can see beauty and love in this world. That's just, that's ultimately every day what I strive for. And I can recognize that there's going to be some challenging things for them, but I get to hold space for their growth and their creativity and hopefully kind of a little bit of swaying here and there if they're looking at things Maybe not from the perspective of being open or, um, you know, I chose kind of when they were early not to specifically put them in a church and kind of go into a realm where, like, I, I, I wanted them to figure it out. Like, I wanted them to have the opportunity to read and study and learn people and learn things and figure out who they were and how they wanted to be without maybe someone telling them the way that it should be. Now, I could be, there's many that could argue that that could not go. There's many ways that that could go wrong, I guess. But I don't know. Back to power. I feel like there's so many people saying this is the right way and you should do it this way and that way. And we do get the choice to decide the right way for us. Um, And how are you ever going to know your greatness or your power if you're not kind of given all these opportunities to figure out who you are? I think the greatest leaders are the ones who worked for them, for their their respect and the way that they people look at them, not ones that maybe were just given this or, you know. I'm like looking at your statues there. I don't know if they would agree to me. You don't know if they would? Well, you know. If they would agree with yeah. you, you said? <laughs> Like, I guess when well, you even used didn't you use the word you brought up martial, martial arts, arts a moment ago. Well, there's history and there's lineage and there's you know honor and there's so much that is there. I guess they're like samurai, kind of, right? Yeah. They seem like they are. Yeah, and I I balanced them out before with. Um, did you see the picture that was there before? The more pe- the more conventional, peaceful looking sort of Buddha in quotes. Mm. Um. That's in the that's on the other side of that wall now. But mm. what are they? Why are they seem to be <laughs> catalyzing some sort of yeah. question? As everything you're saying to me makes sense, I just was letting. I didn't want to interrupt you because it's a fun conversation, and that sometimes happens <laughs> when we're doing this thing. Yeah, I I guess maybe I have this like harmonious way that I tend to look at the world. And I do think that those on an extreme side either way, you know, I mean, I do get challenged with some of my views and opinions and that's okay. Um, I like to see all sides and I like to have the freedom to figure out where I want to go. And I think I wanted to offer that for my children. And. All right. Last time we talked in a way like I knew it might be appropriate eventually to circle back to this about competition and conflict, right? Mm-hmm. I think those two things often go hand to hand as a, and juxtapose that with the possibility of cooperation or some kind of harmony. And, um, you know, we shared particular anecdotes last time. And generally though, I think we're asking the question about to what extent is there's so many, we're at this unique point individually and collectively we're aware of so much that we can look back and sort of reevaluate and we were doing that i think whether we knew it or not uh, regarding competition and to what extent is it relevant and valuable what is the value of competing and and for there to be conflict and um we didn't have any grand real like <laughs> conclusion about it except to say that Maybe there is an excessive tendency to think competitively and to perceive 
things in terms of conflict as opposed to maybe the, uh, of course the possibility would be to allow for more and to mm-hmm. not be um, standing in opposition to. And, and there is an inherent, why I'm bringing this up, martial arts kind of skill that goes with that, like to flow with it as opposed to resist it, like not meeting it fist to fist, but to meet the fist mm-hmm. and to absorb it and, and flow with it. That's a kind of beautiful image that I think most people want to be able to integrate and feel and, and even feel it within themselves. And <clears throat> I suppose in a way, that's where I'm coming from is I don't even think most of us recognize the extent to which we're not doing that within our own relationship with ourselves, which is where the power is built, whether you are born with a silver spoon or trust fund, and that's only in the context of money, essentially, because even there you could deal with um, the actual neglectful parents and you could be <laughs> some kind of psychopath or sociopath because you, your parents never gave you love and therefore your whole motivation for anything would be to earn everybody's love and respect. Who the hell knows? That's a very random anecdote, but it related to what you mentioned a second ago about, or random example, but you brought up the possibility of being born into certain kinds of um, economic situations. It sort of doesn't matter kind of the point because we're all dealing with to your referencing, not just Christian foundations, but in general, the the universal foundations of our species at this point, we're all, I think, wrestling with these excesses and tendencies. I don't think anybody's immune to the um, confusions of um, excessively wanting to, or feeling excessively driven to fix and to fixate and to change what's around you and to (laughs) control what's around you. And hence I'm bringing in the beginning again, to what extent can we allow more? And is that, I'm willing to say it is, but is that a more powerful capacity that could be developed and maybe needs to be developed? Um, And how do we develop that is of course the quote unquote wellness focus. (laughs) Whether, well, for you and me at least it seems to be. Yeah, and and everything you brought up, I mean, that's that's really what led me to reach out to you in the first place and why we're, we're able to have a conversation is I I think it's I think it's important to have these conversations with those that um and I'm not going to I'm not going to use the word that I did before as I saw what you offer. There's a lot of similar things that maybe perhaps we do, but in a whole different way. And in addition, um, you come from a whole different background than I do. And I thought, you know, and I do think this, I do this often. I reach out and like to have conversations to understand better how those in the position to create space in the heart of wellness, like how we can most effectively offer that. I'm always like on a search for understanding more. And so I don't look at other others that may be offering wellness as competition. I never have and I really never will. I think that we all do it differently. And to your point, like the allowing for me is um, – not thinking that what I do specifically what I offer is like the right way. It, it's, it seems to make sense for those that come to my center. It seems to, they seem to feel connected to it. And I love that, but I can't assume that I know even tomorrow how to do that. You know, I, I need to keep learning and keep offering different things, uh, especially cause I feel like we're all learning differently now. There's, you know, the last two years kind of created a big shift in how we learn and experience things. So, yeah, I was very motivated to talk to you. And then I came here and and really love what you do. And it's very inspiring. And it's so different. But I know that I'm going to take pieces and weave it into kind of my experience going forward. So I think we all have the opportunity to do that. And whatever work that we're doing, or you can do that 
with friends just talking about parenthood. You can do that with talking to somebody you might perceive as being a competitor, but you probably would learn a lot from each other. It's just the way that I'm choosing to navigate through things. And I think you have to, I don't know, allowing to me as being open in that context and not thinking that like you have it right or I'll figure it out by any sense. Yes, I agree. Choice and learning, choosing to learn. That's what I was hearing you say a couple of times there. The intention to choose to learn is such a paramount um, position. And I think that's what we're continuing to more or less say is that's power. That's the, that is a primary capacity and skill and tool. It's in, we were talking about tools last time mm-hmm. that I consider to be powerful and it it's just not maybe as obvious or as um, normal. And when we think of power, I think that's so, that's why there is so much that's, changing in so many contexts and it didn't just start because of this quote unquote, well, not quote unquote, because of the pandemic. I don't know why I almost said quotes, <laughs> maybe out of respect for the, uh, I'm inundated with the, with the variety of, of personalities and, and perspectives on, on COVID. So by different people. Um, so maybe it's just out of respect that I put it in quotes, but yeah, the pandemic isn't the only, um, catalyst for, leveling the playing field in a way but it's one of yeah it's one of many important ones um you know we acknowledged education as the essence of what this is all really about right spiraling to wellness there's a it's inherently about education like what wellness has no inherent meaning right that's why i jokingly didn't mean for it to be funny, but calling this place real wellness, like, well, let's let's engage in hopefully a collective conversation about what it actually even means. Because implicit to me is this perspective that it doesn't have an implicit meaning. Um, when we talked about nutrition last time a little bit, we acknowledged there's there isn't a one size fits all, and that's such an easy point I think to make. But then integrating that into how you live, whether it's regarding food or anything else, is slippery because mm-hmm. that inevitably means you're going to be forced to accept something that you might not have. And the diversity is inevitable. The need for diversity is mm-hmm. so... Un- <laughs> it's almost insultingly obvious that diversity and life go hand in hand. In other words, if we had everything under control and had everyone marching to the same, to the beat of the same drum completely, absolutely, I think life would inherently end. Mm-hmm. Human life, at least. Which should sound like a big deal. So <laughs> if education is the, the real component here, whether it's as a practitioner or a literal teacher, which is more conventionally about education, or a mentor, or a coach, or um, a body worker, or you can add to this list as well, whatever comes to mind, a trainer. It's all about learning. So choosing to learn, that's what I meant by a, like continuity. Like that's, I think that is the, the key detail we keep touching upon with regard to power as opposed to presenting yourself and in that, and and this is what i meant by ignoring the capacity that power and catalyzes is the ability to ignore so as opposed to presenting yourself and lying to yourself that you have it all figured out and that there's nothing more to learn it's so much more not just powerful but enjoyable to admit you have more to learn yeah <laughs> Well, and I'll add to that, there is responsibility. Like if you're going to call yourself a coach, a trainer, a mentor, you know, at least what you practice or what you teach, you have to, you have to live it. Well, that's why I pointed out that authority goes hand in hand with it. Yeah. But that seems like a natural 
I mean, that seems obvious, right? So if you- It's just a question of whether or not it's done. Right, but talking back to nutrition, you know, so you're spending all day talking to people about what to eat and then, you know, they see you kind of eating something, you know, I'm not, and again, I'm not saying anyone's perfect, but like the respect that you get is from you being Are you going to give me shit because we had donuts here last time? (laughs) (laughs) We did not. No, we did. (laughs) Well, I didn't see I didn't bring them, but I mean, I ate many of them, but no. Anyway, sorry. No, and it's not, listen, (laughs) 90% of the time, if you can make decisions that are going to equal health, healthy things, that's, you're doing great. There has to be a variance for, then there's no fun. I mean, I went on a crazy diet for six months. I was healing from something and I, I mean, I think literally I might've eaten rice and greens for six months. I mean, no alcohol, no sugar. And I had to cut it all out purely to kind of rebuild my gut. And I was not fun at all. I mean, you could not take me out to eat. I'd like ask them all the things that they were cooking with. It just, you know, I knew, I knew I needed that time to kind of do what I was doing, but I was so happy to reintroduce myself into the world and, you know, take out the extremeness of it. Because I think we relate a lot to each other through social gatherings and through the things that we experience together. I would never say not to do them. But I do think in the line of work that we do, at least, um, the way that we're teaching should at some level be um, how we live our life. And that shouldn't be something that you have to force. It should just be. And I think there's a lot of power in that in itself for yourself and for whoever might choose to work with you of course because otherwise you're with regard to that word i keep using ignorant you're ignoring your own hypocrisy of course um it's 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 kind of a i think of it as almost a cliche at this point to joke about how kale isn't the only isn't the answer to all your problems and neither is gluten-free and of course that's why the tool of absolutism is so critical. Yeah, but kale is good for you, and and some people have issues with gluten, and that's nutrition to me. Just seems like the easiest context to um, pick at because there is. It seems relatively obvious that there is a need for relative diversity within what is good so to speak mm-hmm. <laughs> um but there are also lots of objectives there is objectivity within that diversity which i think is kind of what you're pointing out that the hopefully experts that's why we have medicine this is all hopefully fairly transparent and i'll use this word that apparently is a lot obvious that's the the need for objectivity is is there as well what is it about taking a break from alcohol and sugar and maybe just re like getting a more alkaline foundation again. I don't think she'd mind us talking about it, but since we both are aware of the example of my sister, yeah, nutrition matters. Eating how you eating a certain way matters. And um, it's not the only cause for something like cancer, of course, but we do know that there are, probable relationships for the most part between gut health metabolism and the development of a malignant tumor it's probably often related it's not the only causality though Mm -hmm. and therefore regardless of whether you want to not get sick it's important but to your other side of it how much are you going to micromanage and control and fixate and obsess and really essentially become neurotic? And and are you going to eventually just become worried? Is mm. your motivation to be mm-hmm. just worried and avoidant? She can be worse. Ho- hopefully not. Of <laughs> All of this and more is so... These, that's why I think the primary challenge is not the one aspect of quote-unquote healthy lifestyle or wellness, like getting 
your feet on the ground and getting enough vitamin D and getting enough sunlight and getting enough fresh air and eating only a certain way and moving even a certain way. And all it's all of that and more and none of that, depending on <laughs> the moment. <laughs> moment, Yes. In the moment and being able to have that choice and knowing what works for you. Um, knowing what works for you moment to moment. Yeah. And that's a daily practice. That's moment to moment. Yeah. But then you throw in other people. It's dynamic based on that person and those people and their perception of you. And there's, breathing is critical. (laughs) It's free. It's available all the time. As is the capacity to enjoy it if you, if you rewire, I think is kind of what we were just getting at there. It's not like play is the answer, but I do think the the value of play is, is, is increasingly is becoming increasingly transparent because what I think we kind of just broke down there and, and I have been talking relatively quickly for this particular episode is the, I think the futility of trying to map it all out um, without that footnote that it's going to depend on the context. Depending on what your particular focus is, like I know, I mean, alcohol is a great example. Of course, too much alcohol is terrible. (laughs) It's probably one of the main social norms that has a destructive Tendency. I have experienced it with not myself, but in relationship with people firsthand. It sucks. It's fucking horrible. I know people who have sent, literally killed themselves with mm. it. There is no beating around the bush. It's a. It can be awful. So should we just get rid of it? Absolutely. But do you think that's like when people feel because there's all these extreme things we can do to numb out from whatever we're feeling? We know this, but exactly we're losing. If we kind of came into it knowing that at some level you're losing your power, like that that takes a power over you. That's when you get. That's when it gets into trouble. What is that? When something like a substance takes over. Meaning rather than stay in the position that I'm in and thinking what I'm thinking, I'll just have a drink, right? And then that becomes so much bigger where you know you decide that this is just how I'm going to do things. And then that's when it becomes such a big problem. Mm. So I, I would say it's some sense forgetting who you are or maybe you never really acknowledged who you are, which is someone who may not need that to move through what you're dealing with. So... And that's hard. I mean, there's so many things there. If you don't have the right support or if your upbringing, you know, caused you to kind of have these thoughts about yourself and the world, um, that's not an easy thing. But I think that a lot of the work that I know I've decided to do is show people, you know, through different practices and not just nutrition, like just through movement and asking really big questions, um, having them discover the parts of themselves and then every day continue to rediscover that so that even, you know, relationships can be toxic. Like there's so many things that can be toxic that can take over and you, and make you forget who you are or, you know, so yeah, I think it's, I do use the term tools a lot. Because I think that we need many. <laughs> Why do you laugh? That you you did that last time too, as if like there's I, something bad. I guess about I'm trying it. to match this idea. I, think it's I have a good word. Tools with the. I I can't think of any other word, so maybe that's why I laugh because it just seems like I don't I don't fix houses, right? But I know like you, see, you have a tool belt. I literally imagine when I'm teaching, I have this like spiritual tool belt. All right, guys, we're gonna do some meditation and breathing today. Movement feels right. Why don't we go after class and get something to nourish us? Those are all tools. Which happens to be right here, all at the same lovely location. (laughs) Thank you for that. (laughs) But no, I mean like, but that order is dictated in the moment. I don't really know when I wake up exactly how it's going to all go down. But I know that there's going to be a bunch of things that should probably happen so that I feel my best and continue to move forward in a way that I feel happy with. And we all have that available. 
Do you think the word tools sounds too mechanical or something? Kind or of. It, like, sounds, okay. it sounds but masculine so, but, a little bit. Oh, well, gosh, well, we can't have that. <laughs> oh, stop it. Don't do that. Oh, well, I just want to say, can I just add one little bit? How are you I'm doing st- getting rid of your masculinity? I'm still, okay. <laughs> so, no, I don't want to, no, I don't want to get rid of it. I, I just want to say that, so when I was little, I went to a church and one of the things that we did was we would go help out families and we'd build houses. Mm-hmm. And it was one of my favorite memories as a child, just going to do this stuff. But all they would do is give me a broom. They would not let me pick up tools. Or Finally, one day they let me paint a little bit. And I just remember, you know, kind of like this. And I was little, right? I'm like, yeah, I can I can learn. I can do this. I even begged them. And it was just, there was this little girl and they weren't going to give her. So yeah, it's my own story about like tools of masculinity that I didn't ever feel like I could, I wanted to embrace it, but I don't think that I was given the opportunity based on the scenario. So maybe it's a word I need to sit with a little bit more. And I could, I could learn to use them now. There's nothing that's stopping me. Um, well, you don't want to give the impression that everything has a, I mean, actually, this is another thing we talked about last time briefly. Um, so it's, we're not, it's not tragically lost, but I think you don't want to reinforce this not to put words in your mouth, this notion that everything's essentially a resource and a commodity. Because I think on a subtle level, you know that that is a little destructive. To be thinking everything's a tool, is to does that inevitably catalyze the thinking that everything's just a resource and a commodity? And we talked about how we in this, we were using that phrase wellness industry, which we chose to transfer you know, shift our relationship with um, instead of everything having to be so industrial and, and industry based, which could mean whether it's intended or not that we're, we've just become part of a machine and resources and commodities. Well, maybe there's a different way of experiencing what just is like breathing. Breathing isn't a tool. Breathing is just, at minimum, it's the foundation of human <laughs> life and life force. many mammalian <laughs> creatures' existence, many a mammal's life. Uh, it's the only thing, literally, that every human needs to prioritize every moment. It's the only thing. <laughs> but I would say the way that the tool would integrate into that is just offering something next time you get really angry about something take a pause take a big breath in you know big exhale and that becomes a tool that you can use not that we're not breathing every day but you're choosing in the moment to take that pause take that breath and then you can go back in with whatever but that's what i mean all these things i mean a lot of things that we offer anyway like you don't need anything like there's nothing beyond yourself that you need. There's the awareness and the practice. And maybe what you need is the intention to, I don't know, feel better or, you know, make yourself strong. Whatever it is that you decide to do in life, there's there's ways in which you can practice these things that all of a sudden it's not, it's not so hard to accomplish them. Um, but I don't know anyone who's gotten to where they are without having some sort of, you know, practice or things that they do every day to work towards it related to wellness and self-care and, and all that good stuff. Neither do I. And I have to, we'll have to play with that. What do you, do you not need? Uh, anything next time we do have to stop because of our parenting but did you want to add anything on that right this second i just immediately started thinking about being social creatures but i want to think about it what you said yeah um we can talk next time but breathing no matter what you can relate to it as a tool and then to wrap to you know put my particular little bow on this for the moment you actually probably do have in effect (laughs) more control 
and I'm even going to will, I'm even willing to say uh, freedom by using breath as a tool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's one way of coming full circle for this moment. Do you want to add anything to that? Knowing this will just be a dot, 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 I think either way. Yeah. I mean, we should definitely, we should definitely explore more, but no, I think that we got to a good place with sharing a lot of um, the dynamics of power and as it relates to, to how we move through this world. So yes. All right. Good. (laughs) Good, good. All right. Here's hoping it recorded this time. (sighs) Ready? Ready. We're pausing there. Thanks again, Kristen, and thank you for listening. I hope you... Did you get an outline? Did you figure out who deserves power and why? We didn't, but I think we laid out a... uh, I'm going to continue mapping it out. I think we laid out a few particularly important details. Um beginner's mind the willingness to continue to learn uh you can basically call that humility recognizing that you are just like everybody else going to have more to learn no matter what doesn't mean you haven't mastered things and then of course that's why it's a there's so many good rules to keep in mind both and you can be a an educator and a learner a student and a teacher and you probably need to be in fact i I'm willing to say you need to be. I think I think I can say that at this point. Um, anyway, there's other ones, but that's to me the top one. And I don't think enough people who we, and even with ourselves, because it's kind of the point, we have a relationship with ourselves that um, you could say is a matter of disempowering or empowering, being disempowering towards ourselves or empowering towards, towards ourselves. And then, of course, it's the mirror with others and and then overall in terms of our overall perspective. It can improve most of it for most of us and probably for all of us. And it needs to. Um, I'm sort of joking about the ice bath prerequisite, but I think if people we gave power to had more <laughs> qualifications than... Um, yeah, some of these fundamental qualifications, it would go a long way as well. And I'm not just talking about political context. It's all context. Um, that's, a not, that's, a, that's a predictable one. And it's an important one because that relates to legislation, which relates to order, which relates to how we all have to operate. So it's a trickle, it's it's a domino effect. But um, the context that matters most is just you and me. Just you and me and you and the person around you, the people around you, our community. It doesn't have to be someone we don't know because mostly we don't know <laughs> the people that we probably wonder about. So it's about the people we know that are right in front of us empowering relationships start with each other okay i try not to say too much in the outro so i'm going to leave it at that next episode we build on all of this but we focus on the thing that we all need no matter what when or where and that is air (laughs) You cannot think of anything more important than air. I guarantee it. Try. There is no greater priority. It is the singular most important need. Everything else is secondary. Okay. So I'll see you when you join us, Campbell and me, and we dig into all that. Until then, thank you.